Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know what we need to be prepared for. In um, National Football League, man, you can't lose in the guts of the thing in the line of scrimmage. Uh, we gave up a lot of yards to a significant back a week ago. It's reasonable for us to maintain that posture. Uh, to respect Mr. Chubb. He's gotten us in the past. Um, they've allocated a lot of resources in terms of what they pay their guys up front, the talent that they hold, the interior people specifically are are, are tandem. Um, and so that's, that's why I said what I said. Oh, yeah. It's Friday. So, Max, I'm going to say, when Mike, Mike T talks about Mr. Chubb, talking about what this guy can do, and what he has already done, it lets you know that this guy is really in a class virtually by himself because of the fact this guy is such a, a big skin toter. This guy can really rumble with that ball, and it's all coming about with Mr. Chubb. That's right. Mr. Chubb comes to town, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> uh, that's about how it is. But I, I think when you look at what, what Nick has done, you know, you you have you have to give him credence. Oh yeah, uh, you have to give him the respect that's necessary because it's been it's been a sustained contribution from him, right? It's it's not oh man, it's splashy here, splashy that. It's whenever he gets an opportunity since he has been in the league, this guy has been a consummate pro, and he's been an effective pro when called upon because over the history of this series, it has been up and down as far as utilization of Nick Chubb. And so when you look at how he gets utilized, he maximizes each of those utilizations and it's going to be an emphasis because you have to believe that they watched that San Fran tape and said, well, if CMC can get it, well, surely our back can get it too. By golly, we should try that same approach, and you're going to get it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, this guy's a 1,500-yard rusher as of last year. Uh, this guy has posted a number of 1,000-yard uh, rushing seasons. He had 13 TDs, 27 receptions. He's only missed six games in his six seasons. For all the times that he is in around and doing the, the pig-toting, you know, doing the ball-carrying, taking on defenders here and there and everything everywhere else. This guy is amazingly durable when you think about it. No, he, he, he I mean, that's the one thing. Like, he has been dependable. He's been, like you said, durable. And you know what? And, and, he, and it's, 
it's just he he's he's continual. Think that from the style of running that he does, that he would be a lot more banged up, but he takes tremendous care of his body. And, you know, he's a very versatile back too. So he doesn't really take those full vicious big hits, you know, Wolf. Right. He knows how to get hit. He knows, you know, how as he's taken down to make sure that boom, I'm fighting for yards, but I'm still not straining. Cause when you strain, that's when you start to tear and pull and rip stuff. And it's just it's weird to say that. Like when you like when you watch him run, it's just like boom. He just he runs, he runs fast, he explodes when he needs to. But when it comes to like the punishing stuff, like he allows his offensive line to be those drivers for him, right? Oh and yeah. He, he'll drive for some yardage, but it's never a strain. And when he goes down, he just goes down. Absolutely. So it's, it's weird to describe that. But yeah, but making well, it seem weird. Yeah, you know, it, you know, I I know where you're going with it. I mean, look, I remember in, in what was it, 2020, on the sixth play yeah. from the the opening, you know, uh, uh, play on scrimmage, right? Six plays into the game, he goes 47 yards for a touchdown run on a just an outside stretch that I can remember. But I mean, it was beautifully blocked. He just ran with the ball. I don't even remember. I don't think he ran over anybody. I mean, the, there was. The guy sees so very well. He sees the holes develop and the blocks develop. He follows them, and oftentimes he finds himself just galloping alone because I, I got to tell you, you watch the Cleveland offensive line, they are very impressive. I mean very impressive. They are yeah. probably got the two best guards, at least in tandem, uh, in, in, in at least in the AFC. And I'll tell you what, Wyatt Teller – is unbelievable at times. You watch him; you, that guy is unbelievable. No, I mean, I mean, they they, ha, they have a crew up there. I mean, it, it is it, it's a very very solid unit. And then, I mean, even for all intents and like Jedrick Wills does a really good job of tackle for them. Yeah, he does, and and he's nice and versatile. Um, you know, he's he's not all pro one way or another, you know what I'm saying? But I mean, but when you talk about a solid, dependable starter, a guy who's physical at the point and who, who, and who has some nimble feet that can, that can fight with you a little bit. Um, you know, I mean, they have a good crew now, you know, Jack Conklin was going to be that fifth one, right? That was the missing piece sure. in that group. Um, and we're going to see, we're going to see what the young guy has, Dewan Jones. We're going to see it up close and personal. Can big man go side to side? That is find the question. Out. <laughs> we know he can go. We know he can go north with north very well. I don't. South is a question. South by southwest and south by southeast. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now Jedrick Wills. The other thing he's got going. The guy makes pretty good commercials. I loved him when he was doing uh, a little bit of work with Baker Mayfield. You know, back uh, when yes. Baker was in Cleveland, I thought Jedrick Wills did a nice job in there. You know, but yeah, he, you know, he, has, he has a great personality. He, he's a funny dude. Now, the, the hair coloring choices, I have a problem. With. Okay, but that I, I don't that, even remember that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. No, 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 no. It was last year. It was both games. Every time he took his helmet off, you could see it from from up there, Wolf. Oh, just think, <laughs> just think. I would have to paint my head. That's what I'd have to. Do. Yeah, it, that, that is true. That is true. <laughs> Go I like Ernie home styles, you know, just point the arrow. I just make sure I know what direction I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you see Wyatt Teller get Jermaine Pratt, the inside linebacker from the Bengals? 
He took him 15 yards down the field and slammed him and gored him. I mean, Jermaine Pratt. Yeah, Jermaine Pratt is. Yeah, Jermaine Pratt is basically. He's a good inside linebacker, if you ask me. I think he's a good, good inside linebacker. He couldn't get off the gription of Wyatt Teller and Wyatt had him locked out, and he was trying to run diagonally, which you're done. You're absolutely done. He should have spun back to the opposite side and Wyatt would have landed on his face. But he kept trying to cross Wyatt's face as Wyatt was driving him down the field. And he took him 15, almost 20 yards down the field and slammed him. And I'm telling you what, it was – that's good old-school, old-fashioned type family fun goring. Just beautiful. Yeah, no. I mean, I haven't seen that since the Pop Warner game, right? You know, you always get that mismatch in Pop Warner. I mean, you're like, I'm going to drive this guy to – I'm going to drive him into his bench, coach. Okay, show me. All right, I'm going to show you. And he wow. goes and drives him <laughs> all the way into his bench. Or, you know, it's like it's like Jermaine Pratt, did you order an Uber? All right, cool. And it's like he slams him down on the ground. He's like, now make sure you give me a five-star rating. <laughs> yeah, he, I want my that, five stars. That was That's that's a five plus one. Oh, my yeah. goodness. That was really something. Yeah, but, no, that, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. You're right. When you talk about execution, that's also sending a message, um, yes. you know, to your teammates and to the opponent about what our intent is. And that was similar to how the Eagles played last night, too, um, against Washington. They were set on on running the football, and they made their intentions clear in that game last night. So, oh yeah, just to draw a parallel from last night, especially what the Steelers are going to be facing, and hopefully what they're thinking for themselves as well. Well, when you look at this game, yeah, I mean, it really comes down to you think about it. In the first game of the season, Cleveland plants two hundred and six yards on their opponent, right? I mean. It, yeah. it was, I mean, they take Cincy and they drop 206 yards on them. 21 first downs. They possess the ball almost 40 minutes, around 36 minutes. I mean, two-thirds of the game, the Cleveland offense is out there on the field. You know, Joe Burrow probably had to warm up several times, you know, just to, just yeah. to get in a flow a little bit. By the way, I love it in Cleveland because the headlines are the Cleveland defense dominated Joe Burrow so much he had to get a new haircut, <laughs> which we were talking yeah. about yesterday. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but really, you know, if we're going, if we're going with the adages, we're going with corny puns. Uh, why not? Why not throw mine in the mix? How, do you ever get warm if your name is Cool Joe? Say what again? Do you ever really get warm if you're Cool Joe? Wow. Okay. Now, you know what? That's talk, a deep moment. That's a deep moment. They talk moment. about you know Joe Cool and all that. Right. Kind of stuff. Right. He's right. Cool under pressure. I like so. So it's funny we're talking about warming up. So I'm like, does he really ever warm up? You know. I, no. Okay. There we go. It was corny. Okay. I got but it here's the system. thing. I got it on my system. It was the, a dad joke. Well, here's here's the rule <laughs> in the locker room. This okay. was set by Tunchilkin. Okay. After okay. one of my futile attempts at making him laugh, when he looked at me and goes, "If you have to explain the joke, it doesn't work." <laughs> <laughs> so perfect i had a lot perfect. of i had a lot of explaining to do so i've i've had to alter some of my yeah. my, uh, my verbiage you know yeah yeah so so yeah so th- thank you for letting me know that yeah, yeah just that just reminding work. you of the rules of, yeah. the, of the locker room <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean gotcha <laughs> decor decorum at, thank, thank you point of order Roberts. Yes. Robert's rules of locker room order. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Now you look at this offensive line. We got the we got the Jerry Dulac, the cool breeze coming up in seven minutes. So this will be fun. Also, by the way, 
for the folks, we have Sergeant Major Gretchen Evans coming in today. And I got to tell you something. She is the, uh, the 2022-22 Pat Tillman Award winner. And her story, her, her, her life story, what she's been through, and what a courageous, amazing person she is and what she's overcome and, and how she has served her country uh, in, in combat, in, in, oh, I, it's, it's going to be phenomenal when, uh, we get a chance to talk to this, uh, young lady, cause, uh, she is really exemplifies everything in yeah. our armed forces, men and women. So stay tuned for that. That's yes. coming up at 11 o'clock, but getting back to, uh, let's see, getting back to the offensive line now, you know, we're talking about Jedrick Wills. We're talking about Joel Batonio, Ethan Posick. We got Wyatt Teller. And Dewan Jones, and I think the point of interest really is what you stated earlier. Dewan Jones is the guy that um, is going to be intriguing because we don't know much about him. He's a rookie. He's six yeah. eight. He's three seventy four. That's a huge mass of human being. And of course, I got to believe that T.J. Watt is going to test his ability to move his feet, as you were talking about. Yes, uh, he's he. That that is that is that is the uh, that is going to be the challenge, and for a second week in a row, he's getting a young, inexperienced guy off that right edge. What are they going to learn? <laughs> don't put don't put inexperience on TJ's side, and of course, to have the audacity not to give this man constant tight end presence or chip blocking, right? Right. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like I mean, you know, it, it's pretty much like throwing out the sacrificial lamb. Remember Jurassic Park. When they would put that goat out there on the chain, they're trying to get the T-Rex out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, see, that's beautiful. That needs no further explanation. Now yeah. you know. You got the visual. It took you back to a moment in time. Yes. You remember the popcorn in the theater? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, but I mean, that's essentially what you're doing. And, you know, I, and I have, I have a really cool stat, and I'll talk about it later when we talk about the defensive matchups. But, you know, it is it, it, it's going to be a challenge. Like they have to keep an eye on that. And even with your intent to run, you you are going to have your quarterback passing. And you are going to have him in a position where he has to move the ball down the field. And that's one where TJ just doesn't stop. He don't quit. Can't stop, won't stop, right? I mean, he is right. he is going to come after your quarterback and he is going to terrorize the backfield. So this is a big challenge for the for the for the young big fella, um, a kid. I liked coming out. I thought I thought he was drafted exactly where he was supposed to. He was about a good second second day third day pick um, value range for him, just because there was so much attention on the other tackle at Ohio State. But Dewan Jones was a decent tackle. You know, one of the things I did have as a negative against him was his pass protection, because like you said, when you're that big, and trust me. I have I have knowledge of that size. I was going to say you, you know where of you speak. Of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can't talk about it unless you lived it. Uh, <laughs> so I lived it, um, and you know, because my my freshman year, I came into University of Florida six eight three eighty six. You were three eighty six as a freshman. As, as a freshman in college, yeah. Wow. So yeah, okay. And was dunking on seven footers too, Wolf. I was an athlete. <sighs> Man. The damage I could have done with with your body. <laughs> yes, but, 
Yes, and the damage that would have been done because of my, my body dimensions. Well, the, the, the damage you did do with your body. Yeah, okay. that is true. That is true. You know, but I'm true. just envious because that would have been so yeah. much fun. Exactly. It would have just, just been like walking over, just knocking over things randomly. Oh. It's like, oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, puny human. You know, I go back to the Hulk comment with Loki. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Puny guy. Yeah, exactly. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. All right. All right, we got to oh, roll. We got the we got the cool breeze coming up, and yeah, again, cool eleven o'clock. Sergeant Major Gretchen Evans, you don't want to miss that cool breeze at uh, t- at ten twenty here, and then we got Gretchen Evans, Sergeant Major Gretchen. Got to get it right, Sergeant Major Gretchen Evans at eleven. You don't want to miss these two. All right, back after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, Steelers Nation. Gear up the latest sideline apparel, hats, or jerseys of your favorite players. Authentic memorabilia. Custom items and exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops. Located at Acture Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets, or visit us online at shop.steelers.com. All right, it's that time. We were, we were a day late, but never a dollar short. <laughs> and the cool breeze coming through. Jerry Dulac is brought to you by Brookline Pub and Pizza. $2.50 Bud Light 16-ounce drafts during all Steeler games. Go to Brookline Pub and Pizza in Brookline. And right now, we are joined by the cool breeze himself, the ace of the greens, the putt master extraordinaire, (laughs) Jerry Dulac. Jerry, how are you doing today, my friend? Max, I am wonderful. Wolf, um, I look forward to seeing you a little bit later this morning, but all is good, my friends. And um, already it's a three-day shy, but you know me, I'm always eager. Let's get the, let's get the game rolling. I love yes. I love the intro. The putt master, the, the yeah, cleaner of the like greens that. or yeah. something, whatever. I mean, right. ace of greens, right. ace putt of master greens. extraordinaire. <laughs> yeah, I, even I can't come up with that, Wolf. Jerry, you should have seen me this past year when I had the family up at Nemecolon Woodlands. I was hot on the back stretch of mini golf up there. I got to tell you, right. up until I hit that windmill, I was just cleaning house, <laughs> killing the kids. I mean, I was all he over was it. And then the, my game fell he was apart after the that. Worst record until then. <laughs> game just fell apart, buddy. <laughs> it happens. Well, it happens. Coming down the stretch. No but, doubt no. about it. Well, Jerry, you know, I kind of want to get your thoughts because I know you were there live with uh, with coordinators and and figuring things out. Just kind of what was the general sentiment coming out of out of those meetings with Terrell Austin, obviously with the run game and the big plays that were given up by the Niners um, and just kind of where they're at as a defensive unit. Well, you know, Max, the obvious is from both is uh, we have to do better. And that's uh, that's setting a very low bar because they can't get much worse. Um, 
you know, I don't think um, uh, I don't think anybody is ready to push any alarms. Um, you know, and I'm not going, especially defensively. I'm not going to judge them after one game with all the new faces they have in there. Was there some miscommunication? Was there some lack of cohesion? Yes. Um, you saw that on the eight-yard touchdown right off the bat um, to Brandon Ayuk. You know, there there was confusion amongst the Patrick Peterson and DeMonte Casey, but I was told it wasn't even their fault. There was some other blown hole there in coverage that, that resulted in that. Um, now, I don't know what that was, but I, I think that was just kind of indicative of some of those uh, on uh, on one of the other plays, you know, is when they were in their dime, Joey Porter Jr. was in there. And, I mean, right up until the snap, you know, three and four guys are motioning to each other to, to move or, that, you know, they didn't know what they were doing. Now, you know, I could sit here and probably pick out isolated examples all day, but I think, again, that was just kind of symptomatic of what you saw defensively. And when you have three new guys uh, at inside linebacker and you have a new strong safety, and, and, you know, you have a new cornerback in Patrick Peterson and one waiting to get in there uh, in Joey Porter Jr. You have a lot of bodies that are get going, new bodies that are going uh, into the game, not to mention a, a Keanu Benton. So, um, I'm, you know, much like the offensive line last year, uh, we saw how they were in preseason and early in the season, and then we saw what they were later in the season completely different night and day and uh i'm at least willing to to understand that the defense has a lot of new parts and um it's not just going to go out there right away and be sterling and so um you know we'll, i'm willing to give it some more time offensively i don't think anybody expected to see what we saw after what we witnessed uh in the preseason um did i think they would come out and score on all five possessions, of course not. But I don't think there's any question. Uh, the 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 result of that uh, was uh, just the, you know, the the hesitation, inaccuracy, um, the happy feet that Kenny Pickett had, and it was let's face it, wasn't one of his better games. He looked like he did early last season, and um, you know um, he you know he said. Uh, the other day that it wasn't his decision making it was it was just his throws and the execution and there's no question about it and he just missed a lot of throws to me fellas none bigger than when it was 10 nothing and um i'm sure you guys recall this max you were down on the field uh deontay johnson runs a deep slant and if he hits him right it's it's six points yeah. and he misses them yeah and he was open and now it's 10-7 i'm not saying that changes yeah. the game not saying they win the game, but it puts them right back in the ball game. And to me, that was the one play that if they had to have back, um, you know, Kenny Pickett said the other day, uh, there are a couple throws I'd like to have back. I don't think there's any question that's throw number one he'd love to have back. You know, did Kenny mention at all anything about maybe getting a new haircut? You know what I mean? Just because uh, I'm thinking, yeah, Joe, Joe Cool, Joe Burrow down in Cincy, he showed up with a new haircut after going and uh, throwing for the lowest total he's ever thrown for. And here's the thing about it, Jerry. I, do you think every, anybody in Cincinnati is going, I can't believe we spent $200-plus on this guy. You know, what a bum. No. They understand, okay, you come out, 
you lay an egg, but they, there's enough there that you understand with a guy like Burrow, okay, he's got a proven track record. With a guy like Kenny, he doesn't have as extensive a background, but you certainly know and saw what he was capable of doing, especially towards the end of last year. I don't think there's any problem at all with that in that sense. It's just he's got to come out and he's got to play better, which, you know what, that's what the game's about. It's about execution. It's about making sure that you're doing the things you're supposed to do. So with all the talk on flipping over to defense, when you talk about the communication, I find that very interesting because when you have a situation like you had with Pat Peterson, you know, slipping and, and the wide-open touchdown pass, you right. also had, like right. on, on Caffrey's, McCaffrey's run, you had two guys in the A-gap. You had Cole Holcomb and Montrevious Adams stacked in the A-gap. You can't have two guys in the same gap. You have to communicate and make sure you know. So I find that very interesting what do you think the, the result of that, or what do you think T.A. is going to do about that? Well, Wolf, I, you know, I don't see them, uh, you know, doing anything differently in terms of personnel, of course. Um, now, but now we know personnel is going to change because there's no Cam Hayward. Right. And to me, his absence doesn't hurt the run defense as nearly as much to me as it's going to hurt their interior pass rush because they don't have a guy. Most teams don't. They don't have a guy, the Steelers, who can collapse the pocket like Cam Hayward. Yeah, they got the guys on the edge, but Cam collapses that pocket right, like right. nobody. And and if he doesn't get the sack, he is certainly allowing somebody else the opportunity to get it. And to me, that's what they will miss the most without uh, having uh, a Cam in there. But I think, you know, I think those inside backers well, that's going to be, you know, it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment. Look, I know they're all professionals, and they all say the game's the game, and that's true. But you're still working with all these guys now every snap, snap in and snap out uh, during a regular season. And it might take a little bit of time. But it's one game. Whether that, you know, just like when they went into Buffalo two years ago and won against the conference championship team, just like last year when they went into Cincinnati and beat them, a Super Bowl team, um, you know, I didn't lay any more stock in one win in the season opener as I do uh, in a loss in the season opener to another conference champion championship team. So it's one game, and and we'll see how they play. <clears throat> excuse me, in December rather than in September. Yeah. But all that being said, you don't want to lose to a division team in week two at home, uh, and you don't want to start zero and two. It's is it the end of the world? Of course not. But you know, I, I actually thought all along, I don't want to call it a significant game or a big game, but to me, I thought it was more important that you come out of week two, one and one, um, if, if you lost the season opener. No, I, I think uh, I think you're absolutely right, Jerry. Uh, you know, and I, and I said this at the early part of the week um, with Wolf, so I completely agree. I was like, if you're going to take the loss, this is the time of the year to do it, and against a non-conference opponent, um, that's where and a good and know, a good one and a good one. A, yeah, yeah, I, I would and I would even stretch it to say a great one, uh, especially after right. watching. Oh, uh, I wouldn't argue Philly, yeah. Philly's troubles uh, last the last couple of weeks. I'm like San Francisco looks like the front runner in the NFC, um, but you know because we do have a division front runner. Coming to town since they are one and zero, along with the Jackson, uh, along with uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Um, you know, when you look at 
the effectiveness of Deshaun Watson. It's still not great, but, you know, he got the win. He had almost 200 total yards and rushing touchdown, passing touchdown. I, what what are some of the keys that, that that were talked about or your ideas as far as do to spy or not to spy Deshaun Watson? You know, um, was any of that kind of discussed in the meetings with Terrell Austin? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Max, I I can't answer that, and he did not address that okay, specifically. Okay, he did not. Okay. Um, you know, we we saw Deshaun Watson's elusiveness even last year. Uh, in that late season game here. Um, and, and that's what he brings uh, to that offense. Um, you know, and, and Mike Tomlin said the other day, number one, um, stopping the Brown centers around Nick Chubb, although he called him respectfully Mr. Chubb. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I believe that you do not pay a guy $250, $250 million to be a mailman you bring him in to be a gunslinger. Uh, and, and so to me, eventually, even though that's their bread and butter, I have to believe that that will slowly change or certainly want to be more incorporated into their uh, offense. But in terms of throwing the ball, you know, Deshaun Watson's passer rating was lower than Kenny Pickett's in, in week one. So he didn't exactly light it up throwing the ball either. Um, I think most impressively about the Browns is what they did to the Bengals passing game. And to me, um, that is going, that is probably the biggest red flag facing the Steelers going into this game because you're minus Deontay Johnson. Now all of a sudden you're four receiver, whether it was Allen Robinson or Calvin Austin, there's a big drop off now to number four with Gunnar Olszewski, who is basically a special teams guy, as we know. And so you look at the way they shut down, T. Higgins, eight targets, uh, no catches. Uh, Jamar Chase, five catches, 39 yards. The longest completion was 12 yards. Um, That, to me, is going to be the biggest battle facing the Steelers and that offense, with or without Deontay Johnson and without him. Let's face it, fellas, as you well know, the one guy on the team who gets in and out of his breaks and gets open better than anybody else. And so... If you're not able to do that or have a guy who does that for you, that just makes it even more difficult for you. There's no doubt about it, Jerry. And, uh, you know, here's the thing that just mystifies me with their $250 million quarterback. I mean, this guy last year, he was he threw the ball. It took him about 3.27 you know, seconds. That was last in the league. You know, I mean, he hangs on to the ball a long time. Now, I know you got an offensive line that is pretty dead gum good at, uh, you know, holding off the invaders – uh, as they're coming after the quarterback, but still, yet he only averaged five point three per reception. He's playing kind of a small ball, and it it, it kind of puzzles right. me, and, and it it just kind of makes me go, hmm. You know, I mean, I it just doesn't seem right. But I guess when you have somebody like Mister Chubb, as Mike Tomlin refers to him as, you've got somebody that has you know can stay on schedule, and you don't need the big play. But at some point in time, you think he's going to start trying to go for, you know, a little more down the field, I would think. Yeah, Wolf, and, and you're right about that, especially because if defenses know the Browns want to run the ball, let's face it, they're going to put more guys in the box along right. the line of scrimmage, and that's going to, you know, you you might even have to commit a safety, and that has to open you up somewhere down the field, middle of the field, or wherever. 
Um, I saw a number the other day where it says the deep passes in the NFL are down. Um, you know, that never stopped um, Bruce Arians, who believed you, you throw it down the field six times, and maybe once or twice you're going to get a penalty, and maybe once or twice you're going to get a completion. Right. So the percentages are on your side. You know, as old saying, no risk it, no biscuit. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised yes. more teams don't, don't attack a little bit more. And, um, you know, and, and part of it is, you know, I mean, it's quarterbacks don't have as much time sometimes. You know, these defenders, these linemen, and the edge guys are so fast and so athletic that, um, you know, they don't always have enough time uh, to throw the ball. And let's face it, that offensive line uh, by the Steelers was not very good in terms of protecting or giving Kenny Pickett enough time. Nine quarterback hits, five sacks. Um, you know, that's, that's a tough day, tough afternoon for uh, Kenny Pickett. And so, uh, you know, we'll see if that gets fixed against the Browns. Although I don't think there's any question the 49ers defensive line is better than the Browns defensive line. And Miles Garrett, though, is their big ticket guy like like Nick Bosa is, was for the 49ers, who, who I thought, fellas, and you would answer this better than me, I thought Chooks Okorafor did a pretty good job on him. Well, Chooks did a great job on it, but also, I mean, Jalen Warren and Najee Harris absolutely tenderized Nick Bosa a couple times where they, mm-hmm. they, they knocked him flat on his back. So they're – Attention was given. I thought when you're talking about neutralizing one of those type of players, I think, you know, they've shown the propensity that they can go out and isolate one guy. But the question is going to be, you know, obviously, Chooks being healthy, um, is he going to be out of concussion protocol to participate? Or does it now fall on Dan Moore shifting to right tackle and Broderick Jones playing left in that? And then in that case, then the proposition becomes a little bit stickier. Um, when you're when you have two new pieces playing different positions on your offense line versus you know none or one, um, you know turning our attentions offensively, um, you know w- it wasn't a great outing offensively versus what we've seen all training camp and in the preseason, um, sputtering along uh, uh, you know along the way, especially early in that contest, not even getting to the end zone until right before halftime uh, just kind of thoughts and postulations from Matt Canada as far as the game plan approach for this game and kind of your thoughts about what you know what needs to happen um, from your perspective well you know Max I think when you struggle like that and I think they thought after what they saw in the preseason and I know they more than us, I certainly think so, don't put a lot of stock in a preseason as as opposed to what you're going to get in a regular season. But I thought their biggest failure, in addition to Kenny just being inaccurate, was after you do score the touchdown with your two-minute offense at the end of the half and you get some momentum. Now, I know they come out in two plays, it's 27-7. to seven. But after you went two minutes uh, to end the first half, and that is your most productive offense of the first half, why don't you start with the two-minute just to get the pace and the tempo going again? And it started started me thinking, when you look at last year, the two games where Kenny Pickett brought him back in the final minute, um, Vegas and the Ravens, that entire game, they were not very good. They had not scored a touchdown. The only time they scored a touchdown is when they went two minutes against the Raiders, 
and the only touchdown they scored against the Ravens is when they went two minutes at the end of that game. And so I know you can't do it all the time. I'm not suggesting that. But when you look at when this offense performs its best, it is either in the two-minute offense or the hurry-up. Now, we know they don't use no huddle anymore under Matt Canada. They didn't with Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Matt Canada's first year, except when Ben Roethlisberger effectively turned off that radio helmet in Los Angeles and in Minnesota and said, you know what, uh, we're, we're going to code. No, we're going to do it this way. And then what, that was the most productive that offense had looked that year. And so I guess my point is, and, you, and, and Max, you know, we've talked about this, the difference between the two-minute and, and how many scripted plays you have and how many formations, as opposed to the no huddle when you have the entire offensive playbook at your disposal. Uh, and, and Kenny is not Ben Roethlisberger in, in ability to do that, but he, he doesn't have that option anyhow. So to me, when and, and of course, the other advantage is when you're going two-minute and hurry up or whatever you want to call it, it's keeping the same defense on the field. There's no substitution packages. Now, I know you can probably tire out your own guys, but I think they need to do more of that. Can't do it all the time, but you have to pick your spots. Come out that way, start the game, start the second half that way after it was effective in the first half. Anything to get the offense moving because that's when the offense, we have seen that now, for three years when the offense performs at its peak efficiency. And, and, you know, and I don't think I'm sitting here pointing up isolated incidents because all you have to do is for the most part, go back and say, wow, that offense, uh, you know, look how productive it is when they play like that. And again, you can't play like that all the time, but I think you have to find some amount of rhythm with the up-tempo where the players and the quarterback are just kind of reacting as best they can with maybe a limited amount of plays and keeping the defense at a disadvantage. Well, and, and I think Jerry, you know, to your point, and we'll wrap up this, it's, it's having bread and butter plays is having the lean on plays is having the gotta have it plays at your disposal. And I think the Steelers, we just aren't at that point yet. Right. Because you've thrown so many things at camp right. and a lot of things have hit successfully that you haven't been able to establish really grind it down to the basics of what are four plays that we can run with our eyes closed and have success, whether it's four yards of rushing or it's five to seven yards on an easy completion every time you throw it consistently day in, day out. And I think that's what the Steelers are still trying to figure out. And hopefully they've gotten some more answers this week um, as they prepare for the Monday night football game. Well, Jerry, it is always a pleasure having you in. And of course, everybody, please remember Jerry Dulac is brought to us by Brookline Pub and Pizza in Brookline. $2.50 Bud Lights. Um, you know, at, and 16 ounces of that delicious golden <laughs> brew uh, at all Steeler games. And Jerry, we thank you. We'll see you at the ball yard. And of course, I cannot wait for our in the trenches segment because I have some great stats for us for Monday night to get us lathered up before the game. <laughs> Please enjoy the rest of your day, my friend, and we will see you soon. Max, not only do you have great stats, you have great insight, and I will look forward to that, and we'll, I will see you a little bit later today. Absolutely, brother. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much. All, all right. Well, we're going to step aside here. We'll be back in a minute. And remember, at the top of the hour, everyone, Sergeant Major Gretchen Evans will join us. 
the 2022 Pat Tillman Award winner. Um, please stay locked in. You're inside the locker room, ESPN and SNR Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, the funny thing, Max, I think about this all the time. Chalooch, Tunchil can always used to say the Steelers do their best work when their back is against the wall and they got a chip on their shoulder. Twelve times in the Mike Tomlin era, the Steelers have lost by 20 or more points, yet they are 10-2 and two in games the week after. It says something about a group that fights back after a less than overwhelming performance the week before. It says something about who you are as a man, as a team, as a, a group and communal family. Does it not? No, it, it does. And, you know, I kind of referenced a stat earlier this week, and I think I'm going to bring it back again, Wolf. Some of the worst losses in Mike Tomlin's t- tenure here, which has been a very long time, um, and there's only been four other instances where they've lost by 20-plus points in a game. You know what the following result was, Wolf? What's that? Victory. Yes. So yes. yes. That, so that lets us know that that was a setup, Nobody, right, Max? We in the business, we call that. We yeah. in the business call it a setup, right? The the setup or the layup, <laughs> you know, you know, it's uh. But you know, when you talk about circling the wagons, when you talk about bringing guys back, um, and and focused on the main thing, success has has led in that. And then, of course, you go with a really good Monday Night Football record in the time of Mike Tomlin. And I think, you know, the guys will be ready to perform this week. I think that's that's kind of what I'm trying to get at. And that is going to beget good results. And, yeah, I think they needed, kind of, you know, not to say they needed a humbling, so to speak, Wolf, but, you know, sometimes you have to put things in perspective, right? You know, you have to say, hey, listen, we have not arrived. Right. You know, we're, we're still new in this journey, but it is a journey. So you can't get caught up with the short-term, uh, the short-term failures because you've got to look at the overall and long-term success of a season. And you know you never want to take a loss, but if you are going to take a loss, let it be against a very, very good opponent. Respect them for who they are, but also at the same time, it's not in conference. Right. So at the end of the day you still have everything in front of you. And right now you could start with coming out, playing these Cleveland Brownies and you can write the ship immediately and be right back in the AFC North hunt all over again. Absolutely. All right. That's a wrap on the first hour coming up. Sergeant major Gretchen Evans. This is a, this is a lady you don't want to miss. She has got a phenomenal story and she is Just amazing. I got to tell you, just amazing. We'll be back with more. You're in the locker room, Wolf Starks and the Ninjas. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break 
and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 